rising water levels, major flooding, and droughts globally. Global temperatures are soaring, causing ice in the Antarctic to melt. It's a global catastrophe. It's called climate change, and it is one of the most dangerous crises that we face today. Is there a way we can cool the planet again? And what about the causes of climate change? In today's episode of the Truth Unveiled podcast, we invite Amish Tashat Nikolaou, a specialist in the field, and someone who is very passionate about climate change. Welcome, Amelie, to the podcast. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast today. I cannot wait to explain the many mysteries of the climate crisis. Let's get right into it. So, Amelie, can you please explain to us how climate change works and, like, yeah, just everything involved with it? Well, it's a little bit of a complicated process, but to simplify it the most, we just need to know how, what our what the necessity of our atmosphere is. So you can think of the, the, the Earth's atmosphere as a little shield for us, or for Earth, since it allows just the right amount of sunlight to pass through. And once it reaches the Earth, it also, some part of it also reflects out of it. This makes sure that we get a little bit of heat, that's why we can also live here with uh, temperatures that we can survive with, but it's also not extremely hot that we all die. However, with the increase of CO2 in our atmosphere, the protective layer thickens, and the light that usually gets reflected back in space gets stuck. And that means that then the sun rises and stay in our atmosphere means that the temperatures rise and it gets really, really hot. Oh, so that's like, it's like almost like a shield. Like, we're, we're blocking off. Exactly. So sun. we're making the shield way too strong now that it, all the sun is coming in and it cannot leave. We're, make, we're like closing a container almost. Got it. Okay. And um, this is kind of like, this whole cycle is like a, this, I think it's called a vicious cycle, where every time, where every time it gets worse, other side effects happen that makes the whole thing even more worse. So, like, an example, I guess, could be uh, you have a huge glaciers. And as you know, glaciers are white. And what does white mean in physics? It, uh, it reflects the sun? Exactly. Reflects light. light. Exactly. Yeah. Or any type of heat or some light wave or ray. And what this means is that usually glaciers can reflect a lot of light. But the problem with this uh, rise of temperatures, uh, then these glaciers melt, which means it's even harder for sunlight to get out of it. So it's like a vicious cycle that every time we uh, lose a little bit of water in the glaciers, sea levels rise, we get less space or surface area that can reflect light, and the whole thing just gets worse and worse. So it's basically a chain reaction, and it gets exponentially worse? I guess you could say it like that, yeah. Okay. So it's definitely a problem. Um, so where does the CO2 come from? I mean, do we produce it, or...? Well, I think uh, nowadays it's very like popular that humans are the main cause of it. There, if you don't believe this, you're like, oh my god, like I don't know if that's really true. There are many, many studies figured out. You can, like look up literally any type of thing regarding to climate change, and you can find something out about it. But just like to put it really simply, uh, back then, like in the 1900s, uh, when the industrial revolution started, this is when humans first started burning coal and other fossil fuels, which emits greenhouse gases which includes the previously mentioned CO2, which is like very common to talk about, but as well as methane, nitrous oxide, or fluorinated gas, among many, many others. So, yeah. yeah. And this is basically, those are the gases that basically close the lid. Right, exactly, the that's, that's okay. a metaphor. And yeah, another, another very popular topic is deforestation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very complicated things, um, but like one place, do you know where one big forest is? Yeah, the Amazon, right? I, I heard today on the news that like a lot of the, the uh, forest in the Amazon got cut down, right? Exactly, yeah. And it's a real big problem because a lot of people, or like a lot of farmers want to make money, and they know that um, the whole meat industry is a huge one. That's why they pick, like to cut down trees to use that space to grow cattle. 
but it can also use uh, that space can be used to grow soybeans. And do you know why soybeans could be used? Maybe to make milk. <laughs> well, there is soy milk, which is delicious in my opinion. Uh, but you can also what the main reason I think it's like sixty percent I think of soybeans are actually used just to feed cattle. So oh, wow. that's so, why the yeah. whole cattle industry is like a big like problem, I guess you could say, because this is like you don't only need space for the cattle to grow themselves. Uh, you also need to produce them, like, you need to make the food out of them, but also you need to feed them somehow, and it's a lot of food you need, right? And, yeah, so... I didn't think that cows, like, cattle need so much space. I mean, just to, so we can eat them, like, as a hamburger. That's <laughs> yes. crazy to me. Um, we'll get to more solutions for these problems later on. Um, but, yeah. So, um, what are the impacts of climate change? I mean, you already talked kind of how it melts the glaciers. Are there any other, like, side effects to climate change? I mean, there are so many. You can have, like, a total separate episode just about the effects on it. Uh, but I guess, like, general ones that are very common, of course, is sea level rise. However, that's going to take a very long time to happen. Temperatures, like, every few years or something, it's, like, like a few degrees or a half degree or things like that. So it's a little bit more smaller things. The main thing I want to really point out, though, is that for people that are posting this podcast are probably more rich because they have some phone or some device of some sort. But people that actually live in rural areas tend to have um, more problems because maybe it's already hot where they live. And that means the temperature is going to rise and it's going to get unbearably hot. They cannot produce food anymore. They cannot feed themselves. We, we live in California. Um, and this year it's been really unbearable. Like in January, it, there's been like three weeks of nonstop rain and like floodings. Does that have something to do with climate change? Like, I mean... It's definitely a good question. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure, like, every, like, generally, uh, things always change, and I'm sure the humans definitely had some sort of influence on it. I wouldn't say it's 100% only humans' fault, but everything, like, every little thing we do will impact some sort of way, so I definitely think that humans definitely have an impact, and the longer we have climate change around, the more of these, like, weird years, because you could call them, will occur. Yesterday, actually, I listened to this documentary about, like, the solutions mm -hmm. so i'll kind of um kind of talk about them and what was the documentary called that you watched uh i think it was called can we cool the planet do it do you recommend it i have actually not watched it yes i do I, it was really good it was very easy to follow oh that's awesome yeah. check it out and i'll put the link in the description as well for you listeners at home so one of the methods um that i recall was air capture uh, so this is basically ha like machines that are in the in the open that are usually p close to the factories that pump out CO two, and they basically suck the air that are that's around them, and basically acts like a filter so it and binds with the CO two so it basically sucks the CO two out of the air. Um, however, I think it's not as effective enough, and it's also very expensive. So Can you explain a little bit more what you mean by? It's not effective enough. So, if I recall correctly, you need, a, like, 400 million, like, cargo ship-sized, like... Oh my um, god, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, machines, mm -hmm. just to suck out 1% of the global um, emissions. Per year? No, that we've done... Already. Already. Okay. And th this is not enough. Definitely. And it's, and it's also very expensive machinery. I can imagine. Yeah, who's going to uh, 
um, pay for it. who's gonna pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the government doesn't want to pay for all of that, so yeah, like money generally is like a typically a big problem. People do not want to invest in it. Who's also gonna invest in it? Who's gonna yeah. pay for it? Because these things already, these business models already make so much money off of it. Why would they want to sell it for something else? Because currently nowadays, people just think about what's right now, what's next year, but they don't think about what's in twenty years. Will it still be possible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, what other inventions they talk about in that documentary? So, there was another one called Carbfix, and this is basically, um, it's mainly right now, at least in Iceland, and it basically pushes the CO2 into the ba- basalt soil that is, um... What is basalt? It's basically, I'm pretty sure it's like lava rocks, basically, oh, okay. because, um, Iceland is, I think, made out of, like, the volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they... Uh, turn the CO2 in this kind of um, semi-liquid, and then with, like, hydraulic presses and machinery, they push it, like, thousands of feet into the soil, mm-hmm. and basically the CO2 then binds with the basalt soil, mm-hmm. and then it creates this these new materials, um, which basically stay together forever, and that's one way um, that is theorized to um, somewhat get rid of the CO2 that's in the atmosphere. However, this is also not effective enough as with the air capture. And it it's also just really hard to scale up yeah. because it, t- it uses a lot of space and also a lot of energy. That's the main issue with a, a, a lot of these machinery um, and solutions is that it itself needs energy. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to like generate this energy? Yeah. Right? Is it one-to-one or is it more than one-to-one? Like, How is the ratio between... The energy that it needs to like the CO two that it takes out. I'm not sure, but I think it's right now it's not like effective energy wise as well. Okay. Um, but I feel like I think uh, at least eventually it'll get much more effective. Yeah, we'll do more research. Yeah. Um. However, another um idea or solution is synthetic gas. Mm-hmm. So um, this basically converts the radiation and sunlight into fuels like yeah so basically this would cause zero emissions um and this could also be used in planes and jet fuel which would um make sure that this zero emission come is, po- is possible because it's a reusage of co2 however right now it's very expensive like with everything right <laughs> yep and nowadays everything is being yeah that, i think that's the main issue with like the solutions is that it's everything costs so much money and no one is willing to pay for this. Yeah, definitely a problem. Um, another big thing is just planting trees. I mean, right now we have over three trillion trees already on the planet. Um, and as you guys already probably know, trees and plants suck CO two out of the air by like organically and naturally. Mm-hmm. So, um, um. With geoimaging, companies can then, using satellites, can then geoimage the entire planet into this 3D world, basically, um, and see where you're able to plant more trees and forests. And what scientists have figured out is that we can plant around 1 million trees um, and where they will actually survive and nourish. And that would reduce the carbon emissions by around 600, um, 200 gigatons, oh my God. which is around 33% of the actual 
CO2 that's in the atmosphere right now, which is around 600 gigatons. So this would be the most effective and probably easier ways to solve climate change, right? Because it's easier to plant trees than to um, create this new technology that's not out there yet. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, fun fact, algae is actually way more effective than uh, trees. So you can also do geoimagining also for algae as well. That's that's true, although it's harder to work on the water where you know, or that's on the coastlines yeah. where algae is more common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but th- yeah, that that's so with more research, we could definitely get something to work. Mm-hmm. And the like the last but most dram- dramatic dramatic thing is geoengineering, which is very controversial because it can go very wrong. So what geoengineering is, at least what I understood, mm-hmm. is basically we could. Like physically alter the atmosphere by pushing um, chemicals into the atmosphere to basically act as a reflectance, almost yeah. like clouds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure you you, you know this, of course, that clouds reflect light. Yeah, because they're white. <laughs> yeah, of course, like you mentioned before. Um, so basically, we could push chemicals into the atmosphere mm-hmm. over the clouds and stuff to reflect sunlight. However, this is very controversial because it can. It's not very understood yet, and it is thought that it could negatively affect the ecosystems because what happens when these particles come down to the yeah to the that's definitely earth something we need to figure out more yeah and also it is um like an emergency stop so but that's a really good thing because we don't know like with what global temperature is the max the maximum capacity that the planet mm-hmm. can take yeah so this could be like an emergency stop um. However, um, it could it is um, it could be seen as an escape goat because for like companies um, that are producing like fossil fuels and stuff because they're like hey at least um, right now we're reflecting all the sunlight you know so we're fine we can still produce all and burn all these fossil fuels right mm-hmm. so we're all good yeah. but this doesn't solve the core issue exactly right so yeah. after these chemicals are gone we would um be at the same spot actually even worse because we have more co2 in the atmosphere than before so it's it's just a temporary shield or temporary fix but i would say like a problem with like all these things so that these are all like so not solutions but ways to fix one problem but if you think about the main problem is that we're making we're using these these fossil fuels if we not use these fossil fuels, we can then work on taking them out. But just taking them out of the atmosphere does not really help us because we still make them. So it's going to be like a never-ending cycle. We need to somehow find a way to replace these CO2 emissions. Yeah, um, um, yeah it's difficult. Yeah, I get you, what you mean. But I think the main like problem right now with just... I, th- I don't think you can completely take the like indis- like the stuff that burns fossil of fuels course, completely away. <laughs> Uh, it will take a long time, I think, and it, it'll also just um, be too, like, because right now, the solar and all these renewable energies are not um, spread out enough and also not effective enough yet. Yeah. So then a lot of civilians will be left without electricity, but I think we definitely need to reduce and gradually reduce the... Yeah, definitely, and maybe, yeah. like, get more and more research and more and more money funded yeah. into these things, definitely. Mm-hmm. And do you know about any policies and international efforts that are being, like, introduced right now? Well, there's actually quite a few of them, but one very famous one is called the Paris Climate Agreement, 
and it's an international agreement that was uh, made in like the UN, so the United Nations, between most countries. I believe it's like almost like just under two hundred. I think it's like hundred ninety seven countries signed to it. Um, and basically, what it was is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions through goals, basically yeah. goals. And like I think every few years they had like a certain like like milestone, I guess, that they wanted to reach. Um, people like kind of see it as controversial. Like I'm actually really curious to see if they're able to do everything that they promise. Um, but personally, well, I think that's another topic for separate videos, like including politics. But yeah, there's definitely a lot to say about the Paris Climate Agreement. Wait, tr- didn't Trump say that the U.S. wasn't going to take part in that? Yeah, I believe the 2017 uh, uh, ex-president Trump or former president Trump said uh, or like disagreed to it. But the moment that Biden sent to the office, office, he agreed to it right oh, away. Okay. So yeah. yeah, they are now part of it again. Hopefully, and- it will be taken out. And um, we've talked a lot about the factories and, like, the industries and solutions. Like, what can these companies do mm-hmm. and scientists? But what can, you know, the, the people listening at home, what can, you know, everyone do themselves? Well, it's, like, one really inspiring quote that, like, I don't remember the exact word-for-word quote from Greta Thunberg, but primarily just saying that everyone can make a difference, no matter what how small it is. And what I mean by this is that just by refilling your water bottle instead of buying a plastic water bottle will already do such an impact. But, like, I think, like, another main thing is just to educate yourself. By listening to this podcast, you're doing that, so congratulations. Share this with others. That's another one. Sharing information, spreading awareness to your friends, family, random people you see on the street, I guess. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. But just uh, be conscious of what you're doing. And this is another point. Yeah, being conscious, you can maybe, like, look for things that what you're buying. Maybe instead of um, always going for fast fashion brands that, um, like, can affect the climate or other things. Do you have any like ideas? H&M is fast fashion. Right? Exactly. H&M, Zara, um, Shine, Shane, I don't know. Shane, yeah. <laughs> I'm not very into this stuff. Um, these are all things that also will make a lot of waste because this is like a total other topic. But fast fashion is just like when you buy something just because of trends and you throw it away quickly afterwards and this creates a whole lot of waste. So and just that, being aware of this. And people throw that away because it's like really low quality. Right? That too. Exactly. So all these things are not good and just being conscious of your actions, knowing what you're buying, buying better quality or longer lasting things, things that you know you want to keep, uh, that's already making a huge difference, I think. Um, and there probably is, like, you could probably, like, use less electricity, right, and stuff in your household, right? Yeah, Um. you can first of all, like, maybe not always have your lights on, so people forget to turn the lights off. Of course, this might seem a smaller thing, but the more you can reduce it, the better. It can take shorter showers. I don't know, maybe you can get solar panels as well for smaller things that you can do. Depending yeah, that, on what you're having. Yeah, electric car, an... maybe? I mean, there's also some problems. Again, do research to what you end up wanting to do, because sometimes it may seem like a really great thing, but it, everything always has downsides that we kind of discussed earlier. Yeah, taking a uh, shorter shower might be a bit difficult for me, <laughs> <laughs> because I like just to, you know, reorganize and think for myself in the shower. Yeah. But yeah, um, can't you also, like, actually, actually, I'm pretty sure that, like, um, Klima? Uh, Climate? No, uh. Oh, like, oh, there are ACs, and also, like, um, what do we call it? We're, like, warm house, what the hell is that called? Heating. <laughs> heating? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So, if you, um, use heating, like, I know at certain places in the winter, um, you may really, really need it, and I get that, but sometimes things are a little unnecessary, like, having heated floors in, like, San Francisco, oh. I have friends who have do that. Do people really have that? People actually do have that. And, like, I... That's, like, a luxury thing, and I, everyone has their, like, things where they, they really want something, and I get it, because we can't be perfect, um, and we, as consumers, it's not always our fault, we're also advertised to these things, um, but just try to be aware of what you're doing, and maybe say, like, oh, I, oh, 
I guess, like, indulge in this sense, but do better in this other side, just to balance it out a little bit. We can't make everything perfect, unfortunately. We can all just try to do our best. But actually, one other big point that I forgot to mention earlier yeah. is actually the food industry. Do you might have an idea why the food industry was important? Um, it's probably because, like, as you mentioned, that they take up a lot of space. Yes, that's definitely for one, deforestation. Oh, and don't yeah. cows, like, burp out methane? Yes, that is completely true. So that's, like, one big problem with cows. I think it's, like, one of the most produced uh animals i mean yeah. guess like yeah are grown <laughs> um and yeah they basically a lot of space for food for growing them um and also like just like i heard like i think they're the meat source that um it's the most co2 i think it's like i forgot what it was i think it's like 40 yeah. kilograms of co2 yes. i think it was like, that's number one on this like on the ranking list so you can also like if you can replace the other things i'm not saying oh become a full vegan i am personally a majority of vegan person like not everything but i like making exceptions and the main thing i did i didn't just like one day like oh i'm vegan now do everything all at once instead you can gradually do things i'm not saying your end goal has to be to be vegan or vegetarian you can just say oh instead of eating meat every single day i'll do it maybe every other day or like smaller things um just be a little bit more conscious of what you eat and when you do it. maybe sometimes it's not really even necessary um it just depends on like what you're cooking sometimes you can you'll be surprised how many alternatives there are think they're even better like one thing little bonus fact is let's say drinking milk um you can actually find really good alternatives and they won't give you acne if you're a teenager like me so that's definitely a big plus like there's a lot of little hidden gems that you need and people have a misconception is that protein is only found in meat that is a lie you can get a whole lot of proteins in soybeans and nuts and all these other things you just need to put some research in and try to educate yourself and learn more about it because you learn there's so many hidden gems in i guess you could say quote-unquote vegan food which i like better call plant-based food and don't like think that all vegans are like a are the vegan teacher please just don't uh, that vegan that broke my heart when i first found that out that really did yeah and i think if um i read on in an article um that if the entire planet were to go vegan which is very unlikely <laughs> right because it's hard to um like force this on everyone no no one's gonna want yeah, of course um but if everyone w- were to go vegan that would open up i think like one to three one to two billion hectares of land yeah um which is um which is the size of africa and the u.s so wow that's impressive and so we could use this oh. land that's okay. now open to us and um like and build grow trees grow trees yeah like <laughs> we mentioned before grow trees grow, pl- grow plants you know we can even yeah give this land to indigenous people also because we can also take them of land course well. yeah and this would help reduce co2 emissions a lot oh as my well. god yes yeah so there's like so many benefits. Like I believe also twenty five percent of the whole industry, I mean, all, of all the CO two emissions, just comes from the food industry yes. alone. So there's like so many things just by doing just a little bit, just being a little more conscious of everything you do. I know it may seem like a big task, but just take it in baby steps. Take it in smaller steps, small things that you see. Oh, I can do this. Or like transit, not always transit. You can walk, you can bike, take the train. Maybe you just don't know it that well. Put some research in. Again, the main thing you need to know is just the main three points. Just like research your, um, yourself. Also, research yourself. Research, educate yourself, and, and be conscious. Be conscious and yeah. spread your awareness to others. That's like the main thing you want to, you to take away today. Yeah. Well, thank you again for giving us your very um, important insights on climate change. It's been very, it's been very informative, and yeah, it's. Thank you too. I also learned quite a bit in talking to you. Yeah. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Have a great day, you guys, or evening, depending yeah. where you are. <laughs> I'm taking over Nico, the original host here today, but 
Thank you guys so much for coming over today or listening to this podcast. If it's your morning run or just driving the car to work, whatever it is, I hope you guys have a great day and evening. We really are so glad to have you listening to this. We really appreciate every single listener we have today. And see you guys soon for the next episode. So stay tuned.